your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 664 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends at Pacifier. Check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, wanted to uh, take a little bit of a break from our best and worst case scenario. We'll probably get back to that in the next episode, but want to kind of change pace today and talk about uh, the extension that Tim Stutzla recently got from the Ottawa Senators and more specifically how that pertains to you know what might happen between the Rangers and Alexi Lafreniere going forward. Uh, those two are always going to be linked at least somewhat because you know in the 2020 draft Alexi Lafreniere went number one overall, Tim Stutzla went number three overall. But you know this contract extension, big time payday for Tim Stutzla. It could affect once again, the negotiations between Lafreniere and the Rangers. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that today. But for starters, Tim Stutzla, once again, big-time payday from the Senators. He gets an eight-year, $66.8 million contract extension that has an average annual value of $8.35 million per season. And, you know, just kind of for frame of reference, I want to take a quick look at the 2020 NHL draft clashes so you guys know, like, who went where and how they're all faring so far in their respective NHL careers. Obviously, those guys that were taken that year are still very young, still getting underway in a lot of cases. Uh, but again, Lafreniere was number one. Tim Stutzla was number three. Uh, that year, Quinton Byfield was taken number two by the Los Angeles Kings. He has only 11 points in 46 career games. He's had some injuries and just haven't really hasn't really gotten off to the best start there in Los Angeles. Number four was Lucas Raymond of the Detroit Red Wings, who is off to a very good start, very comparable to Stutzla in terms of you know points. Uh, Raymond, for anybody that might be wondering, 52 points in 82 games last year, which was his first in the NHL, and Stutzla had 58 points in 79 games last year. And as far as the rest of the top 10 of that draft class is concerned. Most of them have made their NHL debuts, but they haven't played a whole lot. You know, one guy's played 18 games, another guy has played like nine games, another has played two, so uh, it's hard to compare them to Lafreniere or Stutzla. But with all that being said, and again, just kind of taking a look at that draft class and how it's going for everybody so far, let's kind of lock in on Stutzla-Lafreniere comparisons. For starters, the similarities. They're both 20 years old. Uh, Lafreniere is about three months older. Both of them skipped the AHL, went right to the NHL after being drafted. Both of them going into year three of their NHL careers, and they've both had their ups and downs as well. But uh, it must be said, Stutzla has had better offensive numbers overall so far in you know his career than has Lafreniere. Uh, in Stutzla's first two seasons combined, 132 games, 34 goals, 53 assists. So he's got 87 points in 132 games. He's actually, though, a uh, minus 45 overall, which is a pretty staggering number. Plus minus is obviously a little bit flawed, and I think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that he hasn't been playing on a very good team the past few years, but uh, it's hard not to notice minus 45, uh, that is for sure. And we turn our attention to uh, Alexi Lafreniere as well. He's played 135 games, that's three more than Stutzla, scored 31 goals, that's three less than Stutzla. He has picked up 21 assists, 
That is 32 less than Stutzla. And Lafreniere has 52 points in 135 games. That is a total of 35 fewer points than Tim Stutzla thus far. And as far as plus minus is concerned, uh, Lafreniere for his career is a minus five. Now, at first glance, you know, you compare these two players and how they're doing so far, Stutzla and Lafreniere, you might hear everything I just said and think like, well, you know, as far as, you know, what Lafreniere could get on his eventual contract extension, you might think like, you know, this could be a good thing because Lafreniere is trailing Stutzla in most of these stats, so his contract might be a little bit less expensive than the one that Stutzla just got, and that's at least possible, but it is far from a guarantee. I think the contracts are going to end up being fairly comparable. Uh, first of all, Lafreniere, as far as him being extended, that's not going to happen this upcoming offseason because the Rangers just don't have the money to make that happen. I mean, I guess they could extend him. Yeah, I mean, they could extend him somewhere down the road, but they're going to have uh, quite the salary cap crunch if, if they extend him right now uh, for going into next season. So uh, that means that Lafreniere is going to play out all of this upcoming season without a contract extension. And you got to figure the season coming up for Lafreniere is going to be the best one of his NHL career thus far because you just got to figure that he's going to be playing more minutes overall and he'll be in a top six role uh, that has mostly eluded him. We've seen Lafreniere play some top six here and there, but for the most part, since coming into the league, uh, he's mostly been on the Rangers' third line. And on top of that, yes, Tim Stutzla, when you first look at it, he does have better numbers, especially better offensive numbers than Alexi Lafreniere. But when you dig a little bit deeper, these two players are quite a bit more comparable than it might appear on the surface. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. There's one stat in particular that really kind of jumps off the page here, and that would be time on the ice. There's a pretty big discrepancy there, and uh, that could also factor into you know Lafreniere and his camp being in the right to ask for just as much money as Tim Stutzla just got from the Ottawa Senators. And we're going to get to all that in just a second, specifically the time on the ice stat, which is uh, pretty staggering, and I'll explain why in just a second. But first, to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. If you haven't tried the Bilt Bar Puffs, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Bilt has done it again. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Like all Bilt Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15. All right, just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so as I just mentioned, you know, you take a quick glance at the offensive numbers for both of these players, and it would seem like Tim Stutzla has certainly outplayed Lafreniere thus far, you know, early in their NHL tenures here, the first two seasons of their respective NHL careers. But there's a stat that kind of levels the playing field at least a little bit and maybe even swings things in the favor of Alexi Lafreniere, and that is time on the ice. Stutzla has gotten way more ice time early in his career than has Alexi Lafreniere. And you could say that and say, well, like, well, maybe Stutzla's done more to earn the extra ice time, and you know that's to uh, Lafreniere's detriment that he hasn't been able to earn the amount of ice time that Tim Stutzla has. But I don't think that's really the case. I think 
comes down to the very simple reason that Lafreniere is on a much better team than Tim Stutzla. You know, the Senators have not been very good over the past couple of years. And so for them, it really would only make sense to put Tim Stutzla in a prominent role, have him pretty much entrenched in the top six, have him out there for the power play, all that good stuff. Uh, for the Rangers, you could say it might behoove them to do the same thing for Alexi Lafreniere, uh, but they haven't done that. And part of the reason is they have a much better team, especially when you look at the team that the Rangers had after the trade deadline this past season. You know, bring in Vitrano and bring in Cop and even Tyler Mott and Lafreniere not being in the top six partially as a result of all those things. So he ends up with less ice time. But bottom line, you know, more ice time, the more ice time you get, whether you're Connor McDavid or just some random fourth line checker somewhere in the NHL, you get more ice time, your points are going to go up. I mean, they can't go down as the result of more ice time. So uh, you got to take that into consideration here too. Uh, and for his career, we're going to get into the numbers here. Stutzla, once again, big edge in time on the ice. In their rookie seasons, Tim Stutzla had 15 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time per night. Alexi Lafreniere got 13 minutes and 53 seconds. So Stutzla got almost two minutes more than Lafreniere per night. And at first glance, you know, maybe you don't think it's that big of a deal. Ah, come on, it's just two minutes. You know, what's the big deal? But project that over an entire season. Stutz is getting two more minutes per night, and that would mean over the course of an 82-game season, he's getting 164 more minutes than Alexi Lafreniere. Or, if you want to convert that, he's getting 2.73 hours more of ice time than Alexi Lafreniere. That's a lot of time on the ice. And then this past year, it was even more of a dramatic difference. You know, Stutzla, from his rookie season to his sophomore season, went from 15 minutes and 44 seconds of ice time per night to 18 minutes and 28 seconds. Lafreniere went from 13.53 in his rookie season to just 13.59 in his sophomore season. And so Stutzla got himself an almost three-minute-per-night increase from year one to year two. Lafreniere got a six-second increase. And if you compare... Their time on the ice last year, uh, Stutzla averaged about four minutes and 30 seconds more per game than Alexi Lafreniere. That is a massive difference. And if we project the four minutes and 30 seconds over the course of 82 games, Stutzla would end up with about 369 more minutes in a season on the ice than Alexi Lafreniere. 369 minutes, that equals 6.15 hours. That's a lot of time. You could watch Titanic and Goodfellas in that amount of time. So, uh, it's, it's a pretty dramatic, you know, split there. And if you're Lafreniere's agent and you're trying to get him as good of a deal as you possibly can, and I mean, hey, that's the name of the game. It is a business, right? Uh, I think that's one of the things that you have to point to right away is the discrepancy in ice time. And you're also pointing at this. And I got to thank our good friend, Anthony Scultori at Forever Blue Shirts for this stat that I'm about to share with you guys. But Alexi Lafreniere has averaged in his NHL career 1.7 points per 60 minutes of 5v5 played over his first two seasons, whereas Stutzla has averaged just 1.54 points per 60 minutes of 5v5 play over his first two seasons. So Lafs got him beat as far as, you know, just scoring in terms of time on the ice at, you know, 5v5 play, not factoring in the power play. And speaking of the power play, I want to point that out as well because, yes, Stutzla, again, you just look at the numbers, you look at the goals, you look at the assists, Stutzla's got a big advantage, but he's also got a lot of things working in his favor. We just mentioned the time on the ice. We also have to take a look at the time on the power play for both of these players. Stutzla has gotten far more of it. Uh, Stutzla, in his first two seasons combined, 11 power play goals, 24 power play assists. So Stutzla has 35 points on the power play. 
in his first two seasons combined. Lafreniere, in that time, zero power play goals, two power play assists. So, Stutzla, 35 points on the power play. Lafreniere has two. And Lafreniere's total being so low is due mostly to a lack of opportunity. We've seen how the Rangers deploy their top power play unit over these past couple of seasons there. Uh, They tend to really eat up just about the entire man advantage. You know, there's times they'll be out there for a minute 25, a minute 35, a minute 40. There aren't really a lot of opportunities for that second power play unit to do a whole lot of anything. And, you know, as far as applying it to this situation, once again, Stutzla's big power play numbers are due in part to him playing almost exclusively on the Senators' top power play unit. When the Senators get a power play, uh, he's usually on the ice. And I've got the uh, Locked on Senators guys. I checked in with them because I wanted to find out, you know, uh, how exactly the Senators deployed Tim Stutzla and, you know, who he's out there with. We're going to get to that in just a second. But once again, I just want to reiterate that as far as the discrepancy in time on the ice, it's not because, at least I don't think, it's not because, you know, Tim Stutzla has shown himself to be such an incredibly better player than Alexi Lafreniere. I don't think that's the case at all. Obviously, he has better offensive numbers, but I think it just comes down to opportunity and the team they play on. If you're the Senators, you know, they're going through this rebuild, and uh, they've made a couple of nice moves this offseason. Giroud to Brinkett, you bring them in there with Stutzla. I think it's a team going in the right direction, but these past couple of years, they have not been good at all, and so why would you not, you know, throw Tim Stutzla out there for as many minutes a night as you possibly can, and why would you not have him out there on the top power play unit? Who else are you going to put out there over these past two seasons on your power play if you're the Ottawa Senators? You look at the Rangers, they've had a much better team than the Senators, especially this past season, and certainly over these past couple of years, uh, no room for Lafreniere on the top power play unit. As far as, you know, once again, I checked in with uh, Ross Levitin and Brandon Piller from Locked On Ottawa Senators, was just DMing them on Twitter a little bit and just trying to get the scoop as far as... uh, you know, how the uh, centers tend to deploy uh, Stutzla on a night-in-and-night-out basis, Who's who he's played with, his line mates, all that good stuff. So I'm just going to read you guys uh, their answer. They, they were pretty thorough here and, uh, you know, did a nice job kind of laying this out as far as, you know, how Stutzla has fared. But uh, so this is according to the Lockdown Centers, guys. Stutzla started out at left wing for all of 2021. He played on the second line with Connor Brown and a mishmash of centermen, uh, Tierney, White, and Pinto then moved to center in January this season and immediately began to pop off playing with Alex Formanton and Connor Brown for most of the season. Uh, he plays exclusively on the top power play. They also mentioned that we'll see if that changes with Debrinkat and Giroux now in the mix, but he got a ton of power play points from playing the strong side on the power play. And, uh, you know, he also sent me a highlight video here where, you know, I can check out Tim Stutz's clips and I did that. And, uh, you know, Stutzla, a lot of highlight real goals. You know, he's not getting lucky or anything like that. Scores in, you know, a lot of different ways. And as far as this upcoming season, it sounds like their coach has already confirmed uh, the center's top unit will be Norris, Center, and Kachuk, and Batherson. And then the second uh, unit, or excuse me, the uh, the second line will be Stutzla, centering to Brinkat, and Giroux. So we'll see how that all shakes out. But it just goes back to, you know, the point that I was making. And we now have confirmation from Brandon and Ross, who do a fantastic job with Locked On Centers, and obviously they they watch the Centers night in and night out, and they've, you know, confirmed what I already suspected, and that's that Stutzla has gotten the opportunity to play in a far more prominent role with the Senators than Alexi Lafreniere has gotten as far as, you know, playing with the, the Rangers. And again, I think the biggest reason for that, Rangers have had a great team, Senators have not. So... 
That's kind of where things stand there. Uh, I also want to discuss, you know, how, if you're the Rangers, you can uh, eventually end up getting Alexi Lafreniere paid and some of the moves you might have to make and how you can squeeze him in under the cap and what it might cost, all that good stuff. And we will get to all that in just a second. All right, so how and when do the Rangers get Alexi Lafreniere paid and, you know, get him signed to some kind of long-term deal? And, I mean, who knows? There could be some Ranger fans who don't want that to happen because they'd rather the Rangers spend the money elsewhere. But I still think the Rangers have really big plans for Alexi Lafreniere, and I still think they have designs on him being here for a long time. Uh, it must be mentioned uh, with the Senators, they're in a good spot to do this because, you know, extend Tim Stutzla because they aren't up against the cap the way that the Rangers are. The Senators, even after this deal, still have about $7 million in cap space, although his extension won't kick in until next year. Uh, but the Senators, you know, they do have about $12 million coming off the books next season in the form of unrestricted free agents, so they should be able to, uh, you know, manage this big payday for Tim Stutzla fairly well. Uh, with the Rangers, they've got about $1 million in cap space as things currently stand. And when you look ahead to next season... Uh, the Rangers will have some cap space opening up. They'll get uh, $3.427 million in cap space, thanks to no longer having any dead cap in the form of buyouts that are because of Kevin Shattenkirk, Dan Girardi, and Tony D'Angelo. Uh, besides that, though, there's not a ton of money coming off the books. I mean, there's a little bit. Yaroslav Halak is making $1.5 million. He's a free agent, but he'll obviously need to be replaced. You know, if you go with, say, Louis Domingue next year, who's on a $750,000 contract, then you can save about seven hundred and fifty k as far as the backup goalie is concerned. Uh, if you want to look around, you know, as far as other unrestricted free agents and, you know, what kind of money is coming off the board for the New York Rangers, uh, again, there's not a whole lot. There's not a lot of guys that are making a lot of money that are UFAs after this season. Uh, Ryan Reeves is making $1.75 million. He'll be a UFA. Sammy Blay making $1.525 million. He'll be a UFA. And then you've got uh, Gautier, Hunt, and Carpenter. They will all be UFAs. The three of them are making uh, 800K, 762.5K, and 750K, respectively. Uh, but the problem is, you know, when guys that are making like the league minimum of 750K or just above that, when they become UFAs, you know, they need to be replaced. So, yeah, their money is technically coming off the books, but somebody else is going to have to be there in their place. So, again, there, there's not a whole lot of money as far as, you know, cap space for the Rangers uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, the good news is that Alexi Lafreniere is a restricted free agent. So the Rangers don't need to sign him to like a massive extension for a bunch of years and a bunch of money next offseason. You know, RFAs don't really have a ton of leverage as it pertains to, you know, how much money they get from their team. So if you're the Rangers, you could kind of do a bridge deal with Alexi Lafreniere and sort of kick the can down the road a little bit. And then maybe, you know, a few years later, there could be a situation where, I don't know, I mean, it's tough. It's tough to find a contract that's really expensive that could be coming off of the books. I mean, a few years down the road, you could be looking at Chris Kreider having just a modified no-move clause that his full no-move switches to a modified no-move in 2024-2025. I mean, does he become a trade candidate at that point? You know, Barclay Goodrow is making $3.641 million a season. He's got a limited no-move clause. So does he become a trade candidate at some point? Uh, Ryan Lindgren is making $3 million per season for the next two seasons, and then he's an RFA. Does he become a trade candidate at some point? It's very, very difficult to say. I mean, you, you look at Igor Shesterkin. He'll be a UFA three seasons from now. He's got three years left on his current deal, but then he needs a raise. There's a lot of moving parts here, obviously. And it's very, very difficult to project exactly how things are going to look, but 
yeah, Alexi Lafreniere, the bottom line, this is kind of just a long way of saying that he's going to be due to eventually get a pretty big pay raise from the New York Rangers, assuming that he's still in their plans. And the Rangers are going to have some tough decisions to make. There's going to be, uh, you know, you're going to have to do something to create some more cap space. Because as I said, you know, the, this next offseason, there's only a very limited amount of UFAs. And the one after that, uh, there's not a single UFA on the New York Rangers. And then the one after that, the only UFA on the New York Rangers is Igor Shesterkin. And obviously, you're going to want to hang on to him. Uh, that is for sure. Um, so there's ways to make it happen. But... It's going to be tricky, and it could get complicated, and that's especially true when you consider the fact that Keandre Miller is in a very similar situation as Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, he's a restricted free agent at the end of this season as well. He's eventually going to need a big-time payday from the Rangers if he's going to be sticking around with this team long-term. It gets very, very tricky. You know, it's a jigsaw puzzle, and uh, it's on Chris Drury and the entire front office to be able to put it together and uh, make it happen. So... Again, you know, we'll kind of just see how it goes here. But I do want to mention this real quick as well. There's somebody who I think comes out of this whole Tim Stutzla situation as, you know, kind of a hard luck ranger, and it's through basically no fault of his own. But I do think that this massive payday from Tim Stutzla will eventually lead to a really significant payday for Alexi Lafreniere, which will then probably result in a current ranger possibly not being with the Rangers for a whole lot longer. And that ranger, the one that I'm going to kind of single out here, is Philip Hedl. I feel like at this point, Philip Hedl might be on borrowed time with the Rangers. He had a nice run in the playoffs this past season. He's shown flashes of becoming a great player. Hasn't really quite put it all together on a consistent basis. But when you look at where things stand with Philip Hedl, he's making $2.3 million for this upcoming season. After the season over, is over, excuse me, uh, he will be a restricted free agent with arbitration rights. I just get the feeling that you know, it's going to be a similar situation for why Pavel Buchnevich was traded and why guys like Ryan Strom and Andrew Kopp and Frank Vitrano were all allowed to leave an unrestricted free agency. And it goes back to something that we talk about fairly often on here, just the theme that you can't keep everybody. There's still people that, you know, will not let go of the fact that Chris Jury traded Pavel Buchnevich. When you look at the Rangers' current cap situation, I think you're seeing why that trade pretty much had to happen. I mean, Pavel Buchnevich is making $5.8 million a season, even if he would have taken a little bit less than that to stay with the Rangers, and we have no idea if he would have done that one way or the other. But even if he would have, you know, if, if Buchnevich was at like $5 million a season, then it may very well have caused a ripple effect, and there might be a situation where the Rangers, you know, somewhere down the line wouldn't be able to hang on to an Alexi Lafreniere or a Andre Miller, which would not be a good situation to be in, at least in my very humble opinion. But... Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be tricky, and uh, that's why uh, Chris Jury makes the big bucks, and that's why uh, the front office makes the big bucks. They got to do what they do and figure out a way to get this done. Freaking Senators, man, you know, giving Tim Stutzla such a big payday for so many years, so much money per season, I'm sure Alexi Lafreniere's camp was jumping for joy when they heard that, you know, that, that extension had been given to Tim Stutzla, and like I said, we'll see how it goes. And obviously, look, we all want Alexi Lafreniere to go out there and kill it this season. And I think a lot of us want to see him play on the top line with Mika and Kreider. And, you know, obviously, if he does well, then the Rangers' chances of becoming Stanley Cup champions certainly increases. By that same token, though, you know, if he plays with them and all of his stats go way up, then he's just going to be more expensive in the long run. And if he's able to, you know, have a better season this upcoming season than Tim Stutzla, and he kind of surpasses Stutzla and never looks back, then... That's going to be a very useful uh, contract, Stutzla's contract, for Lafreniere's camp because then they can compare the two of them and say, well, if Stutzla's getting this much, then Alexi Lafreniere deserves more. So 
we'll see. It's a little bit of a catch-22, but uh, I have you know, hope and faith that the Rangers will figure out a way to get this done. Again, when you're dealing with the salary cap situation, you're looking a year down the road, two years down the road, three years down the road. It can be very difficult. There's a lot of unforeseen things that can always happen. But uh, yeah, I think if the Rangers, you know, if they are as good as they've been as far as, you know, the moves that they've made, and overall I think the front office has done a really nice job over these past few years, then they'll find a way to get Alexi Lafreniere uh, signed long-term. But it's not going to happen, certainly now. And... I would imagine that Alexi Lafreniere could be looking at a bridge deal rather than, you know, a big-time contract extension where he really breaks the bank after this upcoming season, at which time he will be a restricted free agent. But it's a situation we'll continue to monitor. Uh, We'll see if any of these other guys from the uh, 2020 NHL draft class get an extension because, you know, that could also be an indicator of how much Alexi Lafreniere could be looking at. I would think the Red Wings would probably want to get Lucas Raymond signed. I mean, he's done a great job with them, and it's a young rebuilding team. So... We'll see. A lot of, lot of twisted turns let to unfold here. But, um, yeah, obviously this contract for Suitsa certainly does impact uh, what will eventually end up happening with Alexi Lafreniere. And like I said, we'll just kind of cross that bridge when we get to it. But uh, that'll pretty much do it for today. It's your daily reminder that Tyler Ma is still a free agent. And it's also your reminder that uh, fantasy hockey, you know, I heard back from a few of you guys. I actually uh, started the league. Uh, we're on ESPN. A couple of you guys signed up. For right now, once again, up until... Friday, September 16th, we are only allowing people that played last season to sign up. Uh, Once that happens, though, once that deadline comes, it's going to be first come, first serve. And at that point, uh, anybody that's reached out to me, I'm going to go one by one. You know, everybody's who didn't play last year who reached out to me, your spot is saved in line and we'll get you in there one at a time and uh, should be good. Should be a good time. I think we'll get 20 like we have in previous years. Definitely looking forward to that as well. And uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And this is also a reminder to sign up to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. There are a number of uh, things that don't go into these podcast episodes. They are YouTube exclusive. In fact, just the other day, we had a really cool, it wasn't an official episode, but it's about a 15-minute video. Uh, We had Jamie, who, big shout out to Jamie. Jamie, once again, if you're listening, man, thank you so much uh, for what you did. Jamie basically sent me a giant box with a bunch of New York Ranger gear inside of it. And what I did was, uh, using the Ranger YouTube channel, I did a unboxing video where I basically just open up the box and I don't know what's in there. I I pull everything out one at a time. Uh, My dog kind of stole the show. Anybody who saw the uh, the video probably knows what I'm talking about, but that's just the latest example of, you know, things that are on YouTube that are YouTube exclusive. So definitely go check that out. If you get a minute, definitely subscribe to the Lockdown New York Rangers channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we'll get back to our best and worst case scenarios for the New York Rangers going in to this upcoming season. We will turn our attention to the three right defensemen who I believe will be in the lineup on opening night. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On Experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.